WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear ya, let me hear ya. Put your hands together like this. It's another beautiful Tuesday afternoon, and I think we're going to get a break in the weather soon, Pastor Young. Hopefully, they said tomorrow is supposed to get a little cooler. Praise the Lord. Well, we welcome you here to the Pastor Study. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. We're glad that you're listening to us. We have a special guest in the studio with us before we can even go any further on the show today. If you listen to the Gospel Express morning show, Pastor JT Decided to hang around just a little bit longer And uh, he's still in studio with us We, we want to give him a shout Come on over man We want to give him a shout out And say we, we do listen to you in the morning man We appreciate the work that you're doing man how, how are you doing? How's the ministry going? It's going good We had our first Sunday service And it was exciting And uh, I'm learning I'm green as it can be And uh, I'm glad you let me talk to you So uh, it, it's good it, It's doing very well And I uh, appreciate everyone who listens in the morning It's really a blessing like I said, my wife is a big listener. Every morning, so do I, man, and, and she likes the buffoonery word. <laughs> she definitely likes buffoonery. She tells me that sometimes. Uh, Kevin, what you're doing is some buffoonery, right? <laughs> so, so we do appreciate your work, man, and congratulations on, on the ministry, man, and certainly we, we'll help you any way we can with, with, with whatever you need. But uh, Pastor Young is also in studio with us, and Pastor, you, I want to thank you again publicly. Last week we had... A great time at your revival and um, I was glad like I said last week I was glad I had a chance to start it you finished it out and uh, I understand that it was a great time in the Lord on last Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday you let us hang with you man so thank you again for the invitation man we absolutely glad to be there uh, uh, Pastor Swan and Pastor Johnson came and preached the uh, paint off my walls there so we got to repaint and everything but we had a great time uh, I just want to also uh, uh, give a shout out to Sister Bernice who is a part of our listening audience. She's 63 years old, and she came to the revival, and I promised her that I would say hello to her. And uh, 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 she told me that I was as cute as a button, and I needed to stop saying I had a face for radio. Okay. So I, I promised her that I wouldn't do that again. Um, also, uh, Brother Will at the gate, again, shout out to him. You know, he was screening me, and he asked me my radio name, and I gave him a smooth answer. It's John. I worked hard on that. Amen. That's why you came in with the with the guns out today, Sean. If if you know, 
Pastor Young is, is, is rather fit and he's got the muscle shirt on today showing off off the guns and so we, we are excited uh, for this broadcast again today we have a very interesting show that we want to do and uh, we're going to take a break here when we get back on the other side of the break take a quick break we're going to talk about an issue in our country as it pertains to church there's a recent article that came out by George Barner again George Barner if you're not familiar he's considered uh, to be one of the leading figures in uh, church research and studies and one of the studies that just came out happens to deal with uh, people who are not attending church but profess to be Christian. And, and the question today that we're going to raise is, is whether or not uh, for the people who say, you know, I don't need to go to church. I can just have a relationship with God on my own. I can be saved. I can love the Lord and just not be a part of a Christian congregation. Is, is that the right way to go and so we have some statistics and some interesting information and i think uh we want to uh, share with you and then you can uh, we you can call in as well and uh, we want to hear your opinion maybe there is someone out there that's listening now who hasn't been to church in a very long time and maybe you say you love the lord and and you say you know what i i just prefer uh to not be engaged uh with a fellowship with a with a church congregation but i still read i still pray i still share share my faith with others have we gotten to that place, Pastor Young, where our the next generation believes that, that you can uh, be saved and love God, but not be a active member or a participant of a church? So we're going to talk about that. We have some statistics to share with you. We're going to take a quick break here. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear you. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? And welcome back to the Pastor Study here on the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Pastor Kevin Swan, Pastor John Young, Pastor Ray Johnson, and Pastor JT, who's still hanging with us, does the Gospel Express Morning Show. All of us are here live in studio on the beautiful campus of Hampton University. And we want to go ahead and jump in. It, it always seems this way, Pastor Young, Pastor Johnson. You know, we have this hour of time, and once we get into the topic, it, it gets really good, and we always have to end up uh, cutting our conversation short. But uh, what I want to start with, if, you, if you're just tuning in, topic for today is, is that there are many people in our country who are professing to be saved, professing to be Christian, but are not going to church and are comfortable with, with that. As a matter of fact, there was a recent article that came out, uh, and again, this is on uh, George Barna, his website, and the title of the article is Millions of Unchurched Adults Are Christians. And it says in the article here um, that the data that they did indicates that 28% of the adult population in our country, 28% of the adult population has not attended any church activity, including a service of any kind, in the past six months. That translates to ne nearly 65 million people, or adults rather. The article goes on to say that when you factor children in, the children of these 65 million who don't go to church, who haven't been in the past six months, that number could swell to about 100 million people. Pastor Johnson, 
Do you think that that's probably an accurate number? A hundred million people in our country who have not been to church in the past six months. That, that seems like a very large number, but realistically speaking, is, is that, do you think that's about right? I would think so, Pastor Swan. There are a vast majority of people who really don't attend church on Sunday morning. They believe that the church is becoming relevant. And uh, as we'll move further in this article, many people feel that uh, they equate uh, so much of persons with the church, with the person of the church in Jesus Christ. And uh, that's not that's something that you cannot do because all of us are in a place where we are imperfect and we are being perfected through the word. So many people have a whole lot of issues about why they don't attend. I would say that this this number could dare be short-sighted with the numbers of individuals who profess to know God and even would profess to, to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ but don't necessarily attend a local church on Sunday morning. Absolutely. And this is an interesting article, Pastor Young, because, again, it's saying you got 100 million people who have not been to church in the past six months, yet you could still say in our country it is relatively Christian as uh, the article claims that in the United States, 83% of all adults label themselves as Christian. So on the one hand, you have 83% of the adults in our country who profess to be Christian, but then you have 65 million of them who have not been to church or any service or have participated in any church event in the past six months. How, how do we begin to make sense of, of that? You have the majority of the country who says, yes, I'm Christian, but then 65 million who have not been in church at all in the past six months. You know, uh, Pastor Swan, you know, it's, it's amazing to me when you, when you consider how large that number is. But the other thing that I think is staggering is I use staggering. Did y'all hear, hear that? Okay. <laughs> I use that because Ray came in the studio. But listen, I'm convinced that the, the strength of the relationship is deceptive if you just measure going to church because I know that there's a strong argument of people out there that I know passionately love Jesus Christ and they don't attend service and let me let me just qualify they absolutely should but on the other hand you know I, I was reading my Bible a few minutes ago and Matthew 7 it talks about how you know all those people that go to church and they were casting out devils and this that or the other and Jesus said depart from me you that work iniquity I never knew you and so on the flip side you've got a number of people that think that the way to measure the strength of your relationship is just by what you do in church have you seen that to be uh, here comes another word misnomer I study <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we see Pastor Young breaking out the words. <laughs> Just, now, now, Pastor Johnson, here's the question: What we what we're now seeing in, in 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 our society, there are a lot of people who say, you know what? I can be saved. I can read my Bible. I can pray. I can have relationship with God, but I don't have to go to church. How how do we then begin to to work around that mindset that you know I can have this relationship? But I don't know about all the church stuff. And 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 maybe we want to open up the phone lines now uh, to people. I, I would love for some folks to call in who who feel this way, who uh, maybe for years, maybe you say, you know what? I don't I don't need to go to church, but I do have a relationship with God. I, I read. I pray. I may have children. I teach them about the word, but I just don't see the value in in going to church. How, how do we begin to reconcile that, Pastor Johnson? Well, well, well here's the deal. Uh, Pastor Swan, at least at least from my perspective, 
Uh, we do have a lot of people who profess to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the question becomes, how do you grow in that relationship with Jesus Christ and understanding what his mission is in terms of going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature? So what we what we really need to take a look at, uh, what we do in terms of how do we define the church or in terms of what it is, what is its purpose and what is its function? The church ought to become a place or an institution of higher learning where we learn more about God, learn more about the person of Jesus Christ, and learn about the kingdom of God. So that's not something that you can just sit and do on your own in isolation. Now, many people may feel that way, uh, but the scripture begins to remind us that the Lord would give us shepherds after his own heart who would feed us and who would teach us. And so uh, then there's a, there's the, here's my big word, multiplicity of gifts. I had to get pastor. I had to get it. I had to get him with that one. I had to get him with that one. There's a multiplicity of gifts within the body of Christ, evangelist, prophet, apostle, to begin to come alongside that pastor to help teach people how to live every day, Monday through Saturday. And what we really come to do on church on Sunday morning is celebrate. Midweek Bible study is for a time of instruction and discipleship, so that we can grow in our spirituality and our Christianity. You're absolutely right, Pastor Johnson. I think we as pastors agree to that. But the reality is there is a, there has to be a reason why 65 million people who, who, who claim to be Christian are not going to church. And, and I think if we don't at least look at that and find out what the reason is, we're turning a blind eye. Can you imagine now 65 more million people spread out in our churches, the impact that that can have in spreading the gospel and being more effective in our witness, in our worship, all those things. Uh, to say that you have these number of people who are Christian and not showing up, that is an alarming statistic. We do have a caller on the air, Peter from Hampton. Peter, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, Pastor? Good, how are you? I'm blessed, doing fine. Welcome to the Pastor Study. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Well, um, just to address it, at one time, for um, I was I was at a church for 13 years straight, and this was I was coming in, um, I guess you say, as a babe, and I didn't understand, but they molded me. I mean, I did missions work. I I was Amabur at one time. I was director of security. I did everything you could think of in church from the traditional religious mindset of church in the house, but I didn't have that. I was missing something, and it was the um, it wasn't installed in me from my bishop that you are a disciple. You are to go out into the world and and preach the gospel or teach the gospel from what you've learned already. But I stayed there because of the gifts, the multiplicity gifts that I've had, and they used that um, to keep me there for a long time. And then. Uh, through circumstances, I left, even though I went and talked with my bishop, and he was like, no, I'm not really in agreement. So I said, okay, I'll give it another week. But I never saw myself on the um, on that, that minister's row. I never saw myself connected to that because it was so in-house. And I'm, I'm, and this was in the beginning stages. Now, three years, even after I left that church, I was trying to find another church because I've been taught by man this is the way church is. You're supposed to be connected to a church. You're supposed to be um, uh, affiliated in some ministry. This is the only way you're going to complete yourself in God. And that was contrary to what God was speaking to me because he says, now i got to strip you from this religious and this traditional mindset. So I found another church and the word just wasn't being preached or spoke there. And I'm like, you can't say this stuff that's contrary to the Bible. And I'm, I'm bold enough to go before the under-shepherd and say, can I talk to you on this? You know, you're saying some things that really is contrary to the word, and, and he's offended, or he's, how dare you come in? Well, I'm a sheep, and you're supposed to be the under-shepherd to, to heal me or guide me or make me clear, but instead of beating me down and having all your ministers come after me, you should have been trying to heal me and, 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 and give me awareness of lining up with the word. But I, because of what I've been, um, because of my calling now, I, I, I basically offended or 
caused some disarray right there. Now, for a whole year, I was walking around, and God gave me this ministry of no matter what, trust God. And I've been placing signs throughout the communities all over uh, the world, and that's my heart. But I, I said, okay, I need to be connected, even though I know the Lord is my shepherd. I need to be connected to a house in the mindset. And the only reason I'm connected to the house where I'm at right now is because of no matter what, trust God, I want to partner the ministry that's in me with them. Because And I, I, I really researched, I looked at the ministry to make sure that they were actually doing what they're, um, they're speaking. It has to be more action than just the word, because anybody can speak the word, but I want revelation from the word that you're speaking. So um, just to, to emphasize a little bit more, today's person or today's pastors, the under-shepherds aren't really building disciples, they're building church members, and church members build houses. Disciples build churches. And we are the church. So if more pastors can really start having discipleship classes, today is a discipleship class for y'all to be equipped and aware to go on your jobs, to go out in the community, because half the church members today are undercover Christians. They will not proclaim that I'm a Christian because they're going to be uh, ostracized or put on the light. And granted, they're not trying to hold fast. They want to do their thing, too, in so many ways. So me personally is, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you right now, the house that I'm in, I, I submit to the authority. I understand that. And I do that um, wholeheartedly as the Holy Spirit leads me, even when things aren't going, lining up with the Word. And I say, okay, you have me here for a reason, Lord. Teach me, direct me. I'm, I'm going to take what I need to get. Um, so that's my, okay. my um, view. Thank you so much. And we do yes, thank sir. you for um, placing those signs out. It has been a blessing. I've traveled many places throughout the city, and certainly maybe at one point we can get you back on and we can talk to you about you know how that ministry got started and how you Oh, amen. Good. Amen. Yeah, we'll I would do love that. to. Okay, thank, you, thank you so much. Church, brother. You God too. Bless you. Be blessed. You know, and, and so again, here's one person's perspective. And, and again, Pastor Johnson, you know, here's the issue. Not only are adults not going, but again, what the article is saying is that you have kids that are out of church too. Which now means that kids are looking at this and saying, you know, like my, my parents, I can have this relationship outside of the community of fellowship. So share with us then again, you know, uh, the importance of why, why should we come together? What, what's the significance of that um, in, in helping me to grow spiritually without having to deal with, you know, you know, I know I got traditions and all those kinds of things, but why, why make this, make the case for church is what I'm saying. One of the things I, I, I'd like to, to kind of start with first, Pastor Swan, when you ask the question, why aren't many people going to church? Um, and I coined this phrase called church anity. And I don't know if I coined it, but at least I like to think I did. But uh, um, we have so much, so many traditions of things that go on in church that really turn people off. Um, that is not necessarily the spirit of God. It's just the spirit of people. And um, some of those things kind of exist throughout all of our churches and turn people off and turn them away from church. And then they equate that with who God is and nothing could be further from the truth. Now, on the other side, uh, when you talk about young people, having been a youth pastor for 10 years, uh, young people look through you. Um, and they don't care so much about what it is that you have to say. They care more about what it is you do and who you are. And so that's what young people really are looking for. They're looking for authenticity and transparency and a real, real genuine relationship with Jesus Christ through transparency. Now, the other side of that is we've got to kind of grow more in the body of Christ and evolve to really becoming Christ-like in terms of admitting where we are wrong, admitting where some things are not just uh, the Spirit of God, and it's just us, and really get back to focusing on what Jesus taught. So the church 
is the place of higher learning. It's where we learn about God, learn how to mold and shape our character into the image of Christ Jesus so that we begin to reflect the very nature of God again. The scripture in Proverbs says is there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. That's one great reason why we should come to church because there's wisdom that is there and we grow more from each other than we do anything else. When you learn somebody else is walking through the same experience that I've walked through, they become a witness to you and we overcome by the word of our testimony. So one of the main reasons why we should come to church is because we begin to liken ourselves with brothers and sisters who are like-minded just like we are. We come to understand that nobody else uh, has seems to has everything perfect and down pat and is walking through everything as if you know they've got rose-colored glasses on. One of the things I love about the Bible is that the people in the Bible are not Christians, at least in the Old Testament. The Bible gives a very, very clear description of humanity and how God comes to man in every kind of state you could find yourself in. You could take the Old Testament and part of the New Testament and you could put it to a soap opera mix and you got young and the restless as the world turns, God and light. You got all of that right there in the scripture. So you don't need a reality show uh, to find out what's really going on. Just read the Bible. And I think that if we live that way and if we taught that way that this these are real people with real problems, with real issues, but God loves us and he comes to us to rescue us where we are, we all can grow from that experience. So I make the case for church just based on we got the real, real life. We got to live real life every day when we leave our church services on Sunday. And if we equip people for Monday morning, we really will be all right. And I, I believe that we'll see church attendance begin to increase again. Definitely well said. And what I want to get to, Pastor Young, and, and here is the main reason or the main core of this discussion today, as well as the main crux of the article. Basically, it's saying that there is a reason why 65 million adults who profess to be Christian have not been to church in the last six months. There, there is a reason. It says in the article, based on past studies of those who avoid Christian churches, one of the driving forces behind such behavior, one of the main reasons why people do not go to church is because of the painful experiences that they endured within the local church context. As a matter of fact, the study says among the unchurched adults, it shows that nearly four out of every 10 or 37% said that they avoid church because of a negative past experience in church or with church people. So now we're asking people, Pastor Young, why are you in the 65 million that don't come? And when they do come, they get burned. So how can we, first of all, help us to go through this and I, and I believe that all of us have known somebody or maybe experienced ourselves a church hurt. It is extremely painful. It is very difficult. You don't expect it. You have a high expectation for people in the church and they let you down. And it, it gives you a sour taste in your mouth for church as a whole. How can we help people, Pastor Young, who have been burned in the church, who, who maybe even now are sitting in churches that are hurting and struggling? How, how can we help them get past that? Thanks, Pastor Swan. You know, one of the things that I've seen is that, you know, our job as pastors is to make the people that are uh, churched and unchurched um, more excited about or are passionate about the thing that unites us than the hurt that divides us. And what happens is that a lot of times, even if you look at families in general, just biological families, you have 
uh, strife and, and arguments and disagreements and hurt and pain. And, and so it, it stands to reason that in a church family, you would have the same. But here's the thing that I thought was 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 most interesting is that a lot of times when you when when you talk about people that have uh, been in a church and they've experienced hurt in that church quite frequently, when they decide that, you know what, I'm going to back away, they 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 don't back away based on their love for God. They back away based on their disappointment in the people, whether the pastor let them down or whether Sister Ida May said something out of her mouth sideways about them or, or whatever. So it's usually the, the, the people that get us to hurt our own relationship, our own growth and development with God. I'll say quicker than anybody, if you uh, are in a place where you can't receive from your pastor, uh, the under shepherd that God has given you, find you one that you can receive from. But when uh, when we first got started, everybody loved each other. Now, granted, it was only about 12 of us. <laughs> but then as we began to grow, I, I got this big dose of reality that there were, uh, as your church grows, you will find that there are going to be people that absolutely love you and love the vision, but can't stand each other. You know, and our challenge as leaders is to make them understand that that your disagreements and misunderstandings with one another are trumped by your commitment and your passion to advance the vision that God has called you to, to serve. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I've shared in my congregation, inevitably, no two people are going to agree on everything at all times on every subject that some at some point there's going to be disagreement. And there's going to be hurt. I guess the question becomes very quickly, Pastor Johnson, before we take, do, do church members then, do people, Christians, have an unrealistic expectation that when they come to church, that they should not expect in the church what they ex- what they perhaps see in the world, maybe in their own family? Do sometimes people look at church as an oasis, a place to get away from all of the things that I've that I'm dealing with? And now that I'm in church and now I see that experience as well. Now I'm just turned off because maybe that's I came here to get away from pain and difficulty, not to bring more into my life. Pastor Swan, you're saying you have a very eloquent speech of saying crazy people are everywhere. (laughs) So, I mean, you you just have crazy folk everywhere. And, And one of the things that we misunderstand is that we come to church so that we can get healed, so that we can kind of come to that place where we come to the knowledge of who Christ Jesus is in our lives. Um, and I often say it this way, uh, your heart is saved, but your head is not. Because you've got to go through that process of having your mind renewed. And so we have some old behavior patterns, some old thought processes, processes, some old ways, some old understandings that we bring with us into church. And so, as I said before, it's God's institution of higher learning. So we've got to learn how to live better uh, and do better day by day. And that's a process over time. So you may have caught Sister Ida May on a bad Sunday when she just came in from dealing with little Johnny who won't clean up his room or you dealing with Rashid who's having a hard time with Rashida and uh, they on their way to church after they just had an argument in the car and you caught them passing through the hallway and they didn't speak to you but the, the spirit of the Lord is still working on them right in that moment and so people come with all kinds of issues to church but at least my point is they're coming and keep coming. And so have a proper view of how you see people and taking a good look at yourself. You know, Joel Osteen says this and uh, several other pastors and bishops say it also. You know, if you find the perfect church, don't go. Because if if you go, you're going to mess it up because we're all flawed. You got that right. Starting with the pastor on the way down. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. So again, if you're just tuning in with us, uh, we're talking about a very interesting topic, according to George Barna, one of the leading uh, researchers in the field of Christian uh, statistics and studies. He said that 65 million Christians, people who profess to be Christians, 65 million are have not been to church in the past six months, attended any activity. When you add the children in, that gets it to around 100 million. And one of the number one reasons why people are not going to church is because of previous church hurts and pains and the difficulty of getting past those things. And so the question now becomes, are people now saying I can be saved, I can be a Christian, I can love God, develop my relationship and not go to church? That's that's really where we are at this point. We do have another caller from Hampton. Caller, are you there? I most certainly am. I um, am not unique. I am like a lot of people in that I have experienced a church hurt. I am quick, however, to accept a great deal of the onus because I do think we should all be in church. I think that that's good and God-honoring. However, I think there are some churches that are better suited for some people. My mistake was I went to a beautiful, wonderful church where the people looked good, the music sounded good, it looked great on Sunday. And uh, then I got involved in some ministries and um, quickly, quickly should not have joined, but loved the people, loved the fellowship, and joined. And not surprisingly, I wound up uh, profoundly disappointed. One thing I would like for the three of you to comment on is that, um, and you, you all kind of mentioned it a second ago when you said that sometimes we have unrealistic expectations. I don't think it's out of line for people to expect churches to be the most courteous places in the world. Not perfect places, but courteous. Am I wrong? <laughs> Thank you for the call. We appreciate your time. In other words, don't have the nasty one on the usher door, <laughs> on the door when they walking into the church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Greeting you in Jesus' name. Go find a seat, sit down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that type of person shouldn't be your yeah we we understand uh i want to bring miss laura around because miss laura is is she works with us and she does a great job with the phones we still want you to call in 727-5711 and i'm asking miss laura to come in because i think this topic hits home uh for her when we were having the conversation about this subject uh she did mention that she's kind of in this ballpark so miss laura first of all Thank you for your support behind the scenes and, and being with us on the show. Well, thank you, Pastor Swan, Pastor Johnson, and Pastor Young for having me. I, I want to say it's a very it's a great honor to be around such glorified men. I'm kind of playing with fire with Pastor Young and Pastor Johnson <laughs> with these big words, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be settled. I'm gonna keep it cool. I'm gonna keep it cool. I ain't gonna play with no fire around here. So, um, but I want to say that I I enjoy being around these men. I've I've learned a lot just by taking the phones and just by what you all have said. You know, um, I call you all the three wise men i do y'all definitely followed that started jesus jesus but um but yeah i wanted to say that um this topic is a very it does hit home for me because i my family my mom who is a single parent had a had a experience such as this and when she moved to a city where she wanted to start fresh she had her own she has her own business and she went she found a church in this city 
and the pat and she she enjoyed herself this is a place to where she could she could glorify god she can she could be herself and i me and my sister got baptized at this church so when an issue came up when the pastor wasn't fulfilling his duty as a pastor she questioned it and he 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 said she was wrong and she immediately because she she always she always thinks that she is a learner she loves god even throughout anything she she loves god and so with that she really just strayed away from the church because the people also told her that she was wrong because they it was the pastor it was the pastor so i think when you when you when you talk about this subject you also have to think about people's hearts i mean you 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 just have to think about people's hearts and how they look at the pastor and the people because she loved this church and she always says we we're, we're going to go back we're going to go back and she she's never tried not to go back it's just been hurtful for her and that was when i was 7 so that was at 7 and you're how old i'm 21 21 so you're 8 <laughs> so 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 for 14 years so, so I guess for Laura, for 14 years, you've been out of church, so to speak, consistently. Now, have you found a church on your own? Um, or do you kind of say, you know what, I have a relationship with God. I, I, I don't go, but, you know, I still try to do the best I can. Well, Pastor Swan, um, like I said, I'm an adult now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still underneath my mother's wing, but I, it is my, my responsibility as a, as a young woman to be taught and to and to learn and to learn the Bible, so there will be a time where I will where I will find somewhere where I can go and praise God, and and hopefully I can I can be there on a consistent basis. And I think that's what I think I really agree with uh, Pastor Johnson when he said about the consistency. You have to be consistent because it's your mind. You can say, "Well, my heart is here." Yes, but people are we're we're mental people. We need to. We need to. We need to absorb. We need to be. We need to be taught. Mm-hmm. We just can't say, "Well, I got it here." Yes, you have it here, but you also need to get it here. So, do you think then that in the category of of the sixty five million, you you say that I'm I'm a, I'm a Christian, I, I love God, but as as of right now, I haven't found a place of worship, and I'm and I'm basically trying to find God on my own at this stage of your life. Do you think that that's where you are? I know you're saying you're looking to find a church, but right now, um, are you in that category of the ones who say, you know what, I, I do love God, I'm trying the best I can, but I'm not in a church setting consistently as of yet? I'm as guilty as OJ. <laughs> I'm as guilty as OJ. Um, I, I am I am within the 65 million. Um, but don't get, don't get me wrong, Pastor Swan, I do try. And yeah, yeah. I, I do try. I do go out and... Um, and now that I'm like amongst you three, I can I've I've learned and I've I've I wanna say I'm like a sponge because I've I've kinda like soaked up to what you all have taught me. I mean, just even being here. So and I'm a I'm a I'm a join I'm a I'm a go to both all three of you all's churches. <laughs> I sure am because I can't oh I can't get enough. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda gotta tickle it in my spine. So um but yes I am, but I do I do read my Bible. I do try to stay as close to to God as as I can. I do. I do. 
One final question. This has been very good, and I appreciate your honesty. My final question to you is, how much of your mother being hurt has to do with maybe where you are? Do you think that if she had not been hurt and that she was still actively engaged, you all were still actively involved in the church, do you think that maybe by now you would have been at this stage of your life more involved in the church? Or do you think that seeing what she went through Seeing how the people responded, do you think that that's kind of caused you to be a little bit more cautious about joining a church? How much of that is in your process? Well, you know, with me being raised by a single mother, that's the only parent figure that I had. So I would say yes. I would definitely say yes. It has affected me because I've learned underneath her wing. I've learned what she has taught me. And it's it's been a challenge because my mom has always wanted to go back but it, it is that I think in my mind, and I don't want to speak for her, but I, from my, from what I've seen from her, is there's something that, that's kind of not leading her in that direction to to go back, even though she she wants to. I know in her heart that she wants to. She, there's just something that's that 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 goes back to when she was hurt previously. Thank you so much. You you have been a wonderful. We're gonna get you back on this side more often. You. <laughs> You got a lot to offer to the show, and uh, certainly uh, we appreciate that. For those who don't know also, she plays on the Hampton University women's basketball team and uh, is a very successful basketball player. She can grind up past the JT. She told me that already. <laughs> so we're, we're thankful for that. But thank you again uh, for being on the show. And we're going to take this call real quick. I believe it's Renard from Norfolk. Renard, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Um, I'm not one of those people that don't attend church, but I have experienced, you know, some of those hurts that uh, have caused me at one particular time to really uh, kind of have a strong uh, disconnect for a season. Uh, but I think, and I praise God for the fact that I was raised in church, and I and I understood the difference uh, between a hurt and the plot of the enemy. And that's a comment I'd like to make. Uh, a couple of comments briefly, because I know we're running out of time. People hurt you, but because people hurt you typically, then we fall out with God, not understanding the difference. But part of that hurt, or the reason that hurt is so intense and intensified, is because of the mantle and because of the emphasis that is placed on honor and respect, especially in the Afro-American community, of those that stand before you. Uh, so if, 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 you know, as, as taught, you know, the preacher keeps watch over your soul, rather the shepherd keeps watch over your soul. But if this is the person that keeps watch over my soul and I'm wounded and offended by this person, uh, then it causes a type of mental disconnect and a spiritual quagmire uh, that kind of ensues. And so now this person is kind of lost, you know, like a sheep. And, you know, in that book, The Purpose Driven Life, uh, they often said the most dangerous and critical thing for a Christian is to be a disconnected Christian. Uh, because that person is is just prey uh, for the enemy. And uh, one more thing I'd like to say, we have, you know, a a breakdown in the family structure at large. Uh, So this breakdown in the family structure, in the family, it is the family that comprises the church, especially, you know, the nuclear family, the father, mother, children. Uh, So if there's a breakdown in society, a breakdown in families, and there's going to be a breakdown and it's going to be a direct uh, reflection upon the same type of breakdowns that are happening in the church at large. So the church breaks down because society breaks down. And and if we don't find a way to reconnect and to reinvite and reinvigorate, and I think that people, a lot of people find the church is basically ineffective. 
you know, if, if you have a problem, you know, it's, it's kind of like I had a kidney transplant. And God saved my life. He used my mother to give me life twice. But, but I kind of notice it's one of those things sometimes. As long as you're with us, you're all right. But the moment you kind of fall to the side, you know, we, we kind of forget about you. And, and we have all these types of issues that are happening, and I'm not going to blame pastors at all, uh, but I think it is, it is from pew to pulpit that this problem is, is really uh, exasperated. And I don't think that oftentimes pastors, and I'm, you know, I've been an associate minister and I'm attending divinity school, so I would have to say I understand, but a lot of times we are very incapable of judging ourselves and holding ourselves accountable. Okay, we appreciate the comments. Thank you for the call. Thank you. All right. And Pastor JT, you're in, man. You've been hearing some of the comments here. Um, what, what do you think, man? We have a large growing. You, you mentioned to me off the air that Portsmouth, the city of where you pastor, has a large demographic of people who are unchurched but may profess to call themselves Christian. You know, in hearing this topic today, what, what do you think about it? Um, I think it's I think it's a good a good topic because it really just dives back into the fact that. You know, I have to quote you, even though you quote me, is really just seeing the love and integrity of a pastor. You know, we could shape it any way we want to, but this is a relational generation and it's a show me state generation. You know, right? Reality TV is killing us. Um, the artists are more transparent in their music, in their sin. So one of the things I noticed about this generation, they're more accepting, it's accepting if they know exactly where you stand. And see, with us, sometimes our sermons are so cloaked in not really what our identity is as a pastor, as an individual, it kind of loses a lot of people. If I take Portsmouth, for example, Portsmouth has the highest dropout rate. It has uh, the highest STDs and pregnancy in teenagers. Well, you don't have parents communicating where they were sexually because then they don't want to be held accountable for their actions, right? So that's a secular mindset. But if I tell another teenager, hey, I fell into sexual sin before I got married, but this is what I did to correct it. Now I bring transparency so we can connect, but I also bring the solution so we can connect to God. And so I think what we have to get to the place is, is that after all that's said and done, I need to know that my pastor can live out what he's telling me. Because before I see God, I see him. So I really don't know what God really looks like for myself until I watch you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, I'm a young at this. I mean, I only had my first service, so trust and believe I'm, I'm green as green can be. But one thing that helped me when I was a believer, because I still have that freshness of it uh, as, a, as, a, as a member, you know, is that if I went to your church, Pastor Swan, um, if I don't know God, I'm just going to watch your life to know who God is. And then you're going to teach me how to look at God through his eyes. So you're going to preach to me in a way that's going to cause me as a believer to say, stop looking at man to see God, but look at man through the eyes of God. So that's a whole new nother lens. But until I get to that place, I got to watch you. So and I, and I think that's what it is. I just got to watch you so I can grow and become a better person. And I think the fear is, is once you fail me, once I see your flaws, because one, as a new convert, our expectations, and new convert, for those who don't know, people who just came to Christ, our expectations are ridiculous. So, but if it's communicated that our expectations are ridiculous, it helps us to grow. So I think what I'm learning from all of this is listening to all these wonderful comments and the wisdom that's before me. And Pastor Ray teaches me this a lot. I, I walk through church hurt. You know, I went through church hurt in a way that's just unreal. But Pastor Ray told me, Cause I was like, I'm cool, you know, I'm a straight New Yorker, I'm straight homie, I got this, you know what I mean? Pastor Ray said, let's get a couple of months. 
<laughs> and I woke up and it hit me and I called him crying. Now I'm ready to fight now. I'm ready to burn up churches, tear down buildings. And I'm in ministry. I'm a youth pastor. But what he was telling me was there's so much that happens in an instance that you can't process it all. And the great thing for any believer to do, and this is my humble opinion about it, is walk through it with somebody who's a believer. Because if you walk through it with somebody, then it'll help you to realize to walk in love. Pastor Ray walked me through it. Now, I got a great relationship still with the people that have that uh, situation with. Uh, uh, got called got called about becoming a pastor by the same people that hurt me. And, 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 and I love them. I mean, I genuinely love them. Talk to them on Facebook. Hang out with them. When I see them, go to the mall. and hang. I mean, so it's like you just have to have that heart where you walk, have somebody walk through it. Hear from your pastor And then most importantly uh, Pastors have to realize That we see you as God Until we know him for ourselves Amen Well said And uh, Pastor Young uh, That's some good knowledge That Pastor JT just dropped there Pastor Young You know what, what I'm hearing is that There's a lot of emphasis On the pastor And the actions of the pastor Now, Now we all know As pastors Sometimes we can hurt people Without even knowing it not even being intentional about it. Sometimes people can be hurt if you walk down the hall and maybe you got something on your mind and somebody walks past you and you don't speak first. Well, the pastor don't love me no more because he didn't say hello to me first. How Are we putting too much on the pastor in terms of you know, not realizing that the pastor is fallible, the pastor is capable of hurting, not necessarily intentionally all the time, but that there are times when the pastor will let you down. Are we particularly in the African-American church, because we know how much the role of the pastor is in the African-American community. Essentially, our pastor set up to fail. I mean, because as, as Pastor JT just said, there is a standard and an expectation that is so unrealistic. Can you can you even meet that expectation? You know, it doesn't seem like you can. You, you know, that I, I'm glad you put it that way, because I think the interesting thing is that what our role is. We're titled uh, quite frequently. The analogy is and rightfully so is that we're shepherds. And, and in First Peter five and eight, the Bible talks about how we need to be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil goes to and fro as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But lions, I watch a lot of Animal Planet, but lions, they, they always attack the wounded one. They, they don't go to the herd. They, they, they look if one has drifted away from the herd when the herd starts running, if one is wounded, the lion goes after that one. So here comes the shepherd. The shepherd's role is to protect the sheep. And so I guess the, the, the point being is that, you know, we, we absolutely have big shoes to fill. But our role as the shepherd quite frequently is not just the, the hook and the staff to reel him back, but that rod and the staff. A lot of times, you know, for you Bible scholars around here, the shepherd would break the, the, the leg of a sheep and, and, and bring them back and nurse them back to health. So that in that healing process, the intimacy and the connection, that paternal relationship would get stronger. And so you, you're right. It is. I mean, these are big shoes that we're called to fill. But at the same time, you know, when we understand, when we absorb the mass magnitude of what we do as shepherds and know that that's exactly precisely who the enemy is going to go after. He's going to go after the one that's hurt. So we have to go after the one. Like Jesus said, we, we forsake the 99 to go after the one. And, and that's the role of the shepherd. And, and, you know, I get excited just thinking about that, man. Absolutely. And maybe part of the role of the shepherd is you have to hurt at sometimes. Maybe you have to correct and correcting is painful. 
Uh, and, and so people may be walking away from the fact that, you know, discipline is necessary uh, in terms of your growth. And maybe people don't want to receive that. And so, Pastor Johnson, you received a, a text uh, from someone. You know, why is it that if people get hurt on their job, they go back the next day? <laughs> right? If they get hurt in school, they keep going. Why is it that when we get hurt in church, people walk away and don't want to go back? What, what's, what, why is that? Because people have false expectations of church as if everybody in church is perfect and everybody in church is, is, is well. And the other thing is, is we don't understand. Here's my, my last big word for the day, the brevity of what church really represents. So, you know, because you get a paycheck, you're going to go back to your job. Because you got to finish school and you got to graduate, you're going to go back to class. But you, have, you haven't understood that the importance of your spiritual growth and development hangs in the ballots from that preacher's mouth or preachers in your church's mouths that help you grow spiritually into the image of God. And so on the same side of that, Pastor Swan, we've got to understand that we are imperfect vessels being used by a perfect God. God is the only one who is perfect. Pastors, shepherds, leaders must develop this sense of authenticity and transparency and humility to say that we hurt and we bleed also. And coupled with that, every shepherd needs a shepherd. We still need somebody who pastors us. Where do we go when we have hurt and pain? Case in point, an example this morning, I'm being a little transparent right here. I'm going to just move through this quickly. I'm walking into my church building this morning. It was just interesting that you sent us the information about this, this show. A gentleman that uh, we provide homeless feeding every weekend, every Saturday, we feed the homeless, give away toiletries, all of that kind of stuff. So as I'm passing by him, he has his, his, all his blankets and things in his hand. And so, you know, he says, what's up? I say, what's up? And uh, we kind of do the whole brother nod thing to each other. I get, get, get ready to turn the corner to come into my building. He stops and says, hey, aren't you the minister here at this church? And I said, yes, sir, I am. Absolutely. He said, well, why you don't speak? And I said to him, I said, what's up? <laughs> I don't know if he was expecting, uh, uh, you know, chime bells to go off or my bell tower to go crazy. But Ray Johnson is a man and is a brother just like everybody else. And so sometimes I may motion and say, what's up or hello with a head nod, just like anybody else does. That, that doesn't mean that the spirit of Christ doesn't dwell within me. So I said that to say that we've got to understand that preachers are people, too. They are people too. They hurt, they bleed. And just like we talked about at a, at a show a couple of weeks ago, we all got to work on getting our spirit clean so that we can give off the right aroma. Because if you catch me on the bat, you know, I tell people don't talk to me on Monday. I don't finish preaching. I'm tired. I'm through. I did four or five things after church. After I preached on Sunday, I still went four or five places and preached again Sunday night. Monday morning, I'm dead to the world. Flesh is on parade. <laughs> that ain't the time to talk to me right then. Come on, I believe that Laura had something as well. Um, yeah, for for as I totally agree. Like I said, pastors are people too. You poke them, they're gonna bleed. And if you're gonna judge pastors, you need to uh, judge Kobe Bryant. If you're gonna judge people, there these the pastors are role models, just like celebrities. If you're gonna judge, if you're gonna be judgmental to where you to where you have to say, well, why don't you speak to me? Well, Kobe didn't speak to me, and he's still making his millions. Hello. So okay, so you need to if you're gonna if you're gonna be judgmental, you need to pe pastors get tired just like ball players. 
just like golf just like any just like any other role model these pastors are role models role models and they have a job too and they need to fulfill their job just like everybody else and that in fulfilling that job and and fulfilling the word they get tired they get tired and they and just like any other any other profession you have to be careful about certain things you do pastors have to be careful about what they do so and 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 in my my and I apologize. I just had to speak on this because <laughs> this is this is crazy. This is people and, and it's crazy because you can't judge. You just can't judge. You just can't judge people because what they have in front of their neck. People are people, regardless. They are people and they hurt. They feel. They cry. They bleed. They do everything just like you do. <laughs> We gonna have some church over here today. I tell you, it's been good. I th- we we got another call real quick. Um, we're almost out of time. Charles from Newport News. Charles, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How well, you doing? I'm fine. We got about thirty seconds. If you can state your comment very quickly, please. Oh yes, I can. Um, like I like to add on. Um, I like to say that you know we as churchgoers, we do need to stop putting so much pressure on the pastor. Because like it says, like Paul says in the Bible, and I don't, I'm not that good yet with where the scripture lies, but I have read it where it says not to think of man of more than what is written of him. And we have to be strong enough. The responsibility is ours. God is placing the responsibility to get his word. He gets his word out to everyone through pastors. Whether it's a person walking on the street, we have plenty of Bibles. He's not giving us any excuses come judgment day. So it is the responsibility of that person. And if you like you say, you get hurt in church, keep coming back. That's the whole gift of forgiveness and love. When we hurt Jesus Christ every day of our life by sinning, but he still loves us at the end of the day, and he still forgives us if we ask for forgiveness. So as people, we need to have that same like mind and not just say, oh, he didn't speak to me, so forget him. No, because if Christ never did that, we're finished. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Thank you. And again, I think we need to pick up on this. We we always say we have one show for one topic, but we we just can't seem to get it that way. So for those who are still calling, we're out of time. We're going to pick this topic up next week and really talk about this issue of, and we didn't really answer the question, can people who who claim to be saved, Christian, uh, what do we say to them for those who say, I want to live, you know, I'm comfortable being out of the church and and, you know, I can live my life, I can worship God, I can love God. Uh, we, we need to talk about that also. We want to get some folks to call in to offer that side of it, to, to really talk about that issue. And so on behalf of Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, Miss Laura, who worked the phones, who came on the other side today to offer some wonderful insight, Pastor JT, who just left the building, we want to thank you for listening to another edition. If you happen to miss some of the show, you can go to the website this afternoon, www.kevinswan.org backslash media listen to the show in its entirety again we want to thank kevin moose anderson jay lang station manager for allowing us to do the show once again be blessed and be a blessing to someone else this is the essence of hu 88.1 whov